Hi, middle family. Welcome. I'm Reverend Natalie. My pronouns are she, her. I'm coming to you from Lenape land in Harlem in Manhattan in the city of New York. <laughs> We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us this Sunday. Thank you so much for coming. Um, it is a communion Sunday, so make sure that you have, you know, something to eat, something to drink. I think I'll probably be using um, Trader Joe's sweet potato crackers today. So <laughs> maybe a little tea. Um, so let us know what you'll be using in the chat um, and let's get right into worship. But before we do, we'd like to take a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God.
That was so beautiful. Thank you. That was our, um, for those of you who are following along at home, that was our prayers of the people. Um, we had some tech difficulties, as you can tell. Um, but we are, you know, marching in the light of God all the same. So I'm going to now try again to give you all of our middle rising um, information. So bear with me as I do that. Today, we have a Daughters of the Eve screening and panel conversation. That is at 2 p.m. with the director and producer, Zana Tiris, with um, um, Reverend Esty, Nina Dillard, I'm apologizing if I'm butchering people's names. Jackie and I will also be there. That's at 2 p.m. today. You can register on our website, middlechurch.org backslash eve-film. And because that starts at 2, Chat and Chew will probably be a bit truncated because we're people and we need bio breaks. So we'll see you um, hopefully in one of those spaces. Also, um, Bell Hooks Taught Me is a five-week celebration of her work that started this past Tuesday at 7 p.m. We are not recording this because of uh, the intimacy of the space. I wasn't able to do this last week, but I heard it was phenomenal. Um, so if you want to um, witness that, you will have to do it in real time. 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. There's four more of those. Um, just to be, sorry, I'm just going to check my thing because this was blowing up a minute ago and they were trying to tell me stuff. Oh, <laughs> they're just talking. They're just talking over there. Anyway, Monday, Mondays at 9 p.m., uh, Middle Church is doing a uh, a meditation space for the racing mind. It's a five minute Buddhist reading, 25 minutes of sitting together led by Reverend Benjamin Perry, Jeff Shugo Berman, which if you don't know Jeff, he's the one who runs over our back end stuff, our camera stuff in person and every, like he is the business. You should know him. And then our new hire, Rachel Ward, will be holding that space. Um, so we hope that we'll see you there Mondays at 9 p.m. Middlechurch.org backslash meditate is where you can get more information on that. Um, Wait in the Wilderness is just tools to be still and move, and those are resources that we'll be releasing throughout this whole Lenten season. Um, you'll see them online, in our social media, um, in emails, et cetera, et cetera. So we hope that they will, uh, you know, be fuel for the journey for you. Um, Interfaith Youth Social is coming up on Sunday, March 20th at 1.30 in person hosted by the Brotherhood Synagogue and it's for middle youth grades six through 12. It's a lunch and games. Um, and yeah, we hope that you'll be there. If you are in intending to come to that, you need to RSVP to Monique. Um, Monique Fortune at middlechurch.org. She is in the chat. So just check, she'll type her own email in because I know I said that fast, that's what happens to me, but we need to know by the 13th if you're planning to come to that. And I think that is all my announcements for today. Hallelujah. Y'all know how I feel about announcements. Um, but we've had our prayers of the people. So if you'll now join me in the prayer that Jesus taught um, his disciples to pray in whatever language it is, if you know it and whatever version you know, by saying, ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Peace be with you, Middle Church, and happy Women's History Month. Um, may you be led in this Lenten season to dig a little more deeply into your relationship with God and follow the teachings of Jesus a little more closely. I went up to the mountain because you asked me to. Up over the clouds To where the sky was blue I could see all around me Everywhere I could see all I feel like I've never been nothing but tired And I'll be working till the day I expire So sometimes I just delay No more can I do But then I go on again Because you ask me to It's there that I will go. 
Wow, Sam, that was beautiful. Hello, everyone. Good morning. It's the first Sunday of Lent. I'm so glad that you're with us today for worship. If you don't know me, I'm Jackie Lewis, and I'm our senior minister at Middle Church. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And as we prepare to hear a word to inspire us, I ask you to join me in a prayer. Holy One, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. It is the temptation of Jesus. And I'll be reading it from the message translation. Listen now. Now, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 wilderness days and nights, he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when the time was up, he was hungry. The devil, playing on Jesus' hunger, gave the first test. Since you're God's son, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy, it takes more than bread to really live. For the second test, the Satan led Jesus up and spread out all the kingdoms of the earth on display at once. Then the devil said, they're yours in all their splendor to serve your pleasure. I'm in charge of them and I can turn them over to whomever I wish. Worship me, and they're yours, the whole works. Jesus refused, again backing his refusal with Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only the Lord your God. Serve God with absolute single-heartedness. For the third test, the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and put him on the top of the temple. He said, if your godson jump, it's written, isn't it, that God placed you in the care of angels to protect you. They will catch you. You won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. Yes, Jesus said. And it's also written, don't you dare tempt the Lord your God. That completed the testing. The devil retreated temporarily, lying in wait for another opportunity. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, friends, Luke has established that Jesus is son of God. He's written it all down, introduced us to characters like Elizabeth and Zechariah, Mary, Gabriel, and Joseph, characters in God's story designed to heal the world miraculous conceptions, the births of John and Jesus, shepherds witness and angels sing. 
They sing about the one raised by Joseph, who was, Luke tells us, in his genealogy, son of Heli, son of Moses, son of Amos, son of David, of Jesse, of Obed, son of Boaz, of Jacob, of Isaac, son of Abraham, of Shem, of Noah, of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. This story of testing of temptation is meant to teach us what it means for Jesus to be son of God. This story is about identity. First, it's the engagement with Satan that is shared with us to prove that Jesus is the anointed and the appointed one. Jesus is the promised Messiah, the one called and commissioned to do battle with the devil and win. Jesus will win this contest with the devil who will slink away, Luke tells us, and wait for another opportunity. And at the end of our Lenten journey, we'll come to understand how Jesus defeats Satan again as he defeats death itself. Second, Jesus is tested or tempted in the same ways as his people. He's in the wilderness for 40 days. His people were in the wilderness for 40 years. He's hungry and tempted to turn a stone into bread. They're hungry and God gives them manna or bread from heaven. When they're thirsty and tired, the Israelites build a golden calf and worship it. The devil tempts a tired and thirsty Jesus to idolatry as well. Worship him, Satan, and all the kingdoms of the world will be laid at his feet. When Israel is fleeing Egypt and are out in the desert, they test God. They say, did you really bring us out here to die? Rather than trusting God's provision, the devil tempts Jesus to throw himself down off the temple to see if God will provide a safety net. Can you feel that similarity there? Third, Luke wants us to see the humanity of Jesus through this story. While wandering in the wilderness, while wading in the wildness, if you will, Jesus is not alone. He's accompanied by spirit. The very breath of God is right there with him. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy in his battle with Satan. Scripture is his teacher, helping him to understand the nature of God and the relationship that God has with God's people. It's because Jesus knows whose he is that he knows who he is. This text is about identity and it's located in the Jewishness of Jesus whose people would have prayed the Shema almost every day at every religious moment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, the Lord alone. You shall love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus is fully human and Jewish, a particular human who loves the God who loves him with his heart, with his soul, with his might, with his intellect. One writer in my research reminds me that Jesus faithfully resists temptation to do less than or other than he was called to do. Let me say that again. Jesus resists the testing 
to do less than or other than he was called to do. So this story is about Christology. Our Jesus, our Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And therefore, it is a lesson for all of us who are human. It is a lesson for all of us who are human to be fully humans being who we're fully called to be. Don't be other than you are. Don't be less than you are. Don't be more than you are. Be who you are is one of the lessons from this text. You and me, we are not God. We are not gods. We're folded into the life of the holy, called by God to be part of the unfolding drama of saving the world. And since we're a community of artists, I'll say this. We're called to know our role, to know our lines, and to hit our mark as we understand our inspiration. It's been a little theatrical when I wrote that. I think, friends, we are often tempted. We are often tested about what it means to be human, like Jesus, human, like we're called to be human. We're tested by idolatry. Some of us make little totems to worship, celebrities or celebrity, likes, followers, recognition, fame, we see the kingdom of wannabe laid out before us and it is just calling our name. I'm so capable of being tested this way. And for me, it goes like this. I'm scrolling through the stuff and I see a list of black books to be read by, written by black women. And I think to myself, why isn't my book on that list of black books to be read this month? Did I miss something? Did I not do something? Is my book black enough to be on that list? Is my book black enough written by a black woman for all the people? Is it black enough in racist times, stressful times like this to show up on those lists? I who feel super called all the time to work against racism and for the flourishing of black people. I don't think it's Hoover's for me. I really don't. But I think it's that since I was a little child surviving a wound, I want to get that A plus. Ask John. I want the A plus about the toast, about the coffee, about the salmon. Is it right? Is it flavorful? Like I want to get the A plus. And I'm not stingy about it. There are enough A pluses to go around. Everybody can have an A plus. I just want one. I really do. Or I feel as though I have failed. I didn't go the distance. I didn't do the thing. I didn't show up the best possible way. This is childhood stuff, y'all. I felt called to work against racism since I was almost nine years old and Dr. King was killed. Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? I'm always asking this question. And I can feel so much like I failed every time someone is hurt while being Black. When those African students can't get on a train in the Ukraine, I'm asking myself, what am I supposed to do? And, and stuff 
and take me back to 13. I'm awkward. I got on a training bra. I got an overbite. And I'm trying to find my way to be me. Trying to prove myself to myself and to God. It's a text like this that reminds me, Jackie, you're just supposed to be Jackie. You're just Jackie. You are not God. You are a human being. Listen to God's call on your life, Miss Day, and do that. Trust that. Lean into that. How about you, friends? Is there any place in your life where you struggle with this kind of test? about how to be human like God has called you to be human? Take a breath. What is it for you? And how can this Lenten journey get you closer to you you're called to be? That's one kind of test. Sometimes we're tempted to test God, not to prove ourselves to God, but for God to prove themselves to us. If I don't wear a mask, if I don't get inoculated, if I don't take care of my body, if I don't sleep and rest, if I don't take Sabbath, if I don't feel all my true feelings, if I don't cry when I need to, laugh when I need to, if I don't dig down into my authentic child of Godness, it's okay. God will take care of me. God will save me from myself. Except... Um, No, that's not actually how it works. God needs us to partner in our healing, to partner in our wellness. God needs us to love our bodies, our souls, our hearts, to love our flesh, to love our flesh, as baby Suggs Holy says, and to love it hard. God needs us to love God with all we have, with heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love our neighbors with all we have and to love ourselves with everything we have so we can love our neighbors, so we can love God. We miss this particular calling. We have a shared project with God, y'all. Our thriving, our surviving, our flourishing, and the flourishing of humanity and planet depends on us loving us, loving us. God actually isn't going to do that for us. We are not God, but we are in God's image. We are not God, but we are, the psalmist says, created a little less than God. And God did not make any mess, so we don't get to let ourselves, we don't get to shut on ourselves, we don't get to, you know, poop on the image of God. We are splendidly, awesomely, wonderfully made in God's image. The temptation is to delegate that loving of ourselves to others. And no, no, honey, no, that's not going to happen. It starts with us. It starts with us. We are partners with God in the healing of the world, like Jesus, human, and called to lean on to spirit, to equip ourselves with scripture and study, to contemplate as we wander in the wildness what God wants from us, to join love of self and neighbor as a cohesive and coherent program. And that means as we wade in the wilderness, we need some quiet time. We need some peaceful moments to fuel our work in the movement of love and justice we're 
we're building. We need some time to center in, to find our true self, what Donna Winnicott calls our true self, what Richard Rohr calls our true self, to acknowledge the deep beauty of that self, that beauty and worth of that self that is loved unconditionally by the Holy One, that exists outside of judgments and evaluations and which list of books we're on or not. We need to love that self fiercely with non-possessive delight, unconditional regard, and full acceptance of that self as a gift from God to the universe. Can you feel into that, my love? Is this a test you do? Are you tempted here? And how can this Lenten journey help you to be better in this moment about receiving your body, your soul, your heart, your foibles, your good stuff, your bad stuff, your broken parts, your shiny parts, all as superpowers, as gifts from God to use with God in the healing of the world? That starts with you. And sometimes, finally, we're tempted and tested to climb to the highest height of our privilege and power, to use it to decide for all the other folks down there about what's right and what's wrong. White is right. And because white is right, redistricting is right. Redlining housing is right. Drawing boundaries to keep poor children in poor schools with poor nutrition is right. Robbing the earth of what you need to be wealthy is right. Power over people to gain territory and status is right. Invading a sovereign nation is right. Supporting a despot because you believe he'll make a Christian global community is right. It's right for white people to get out of the war zone, but to make black folks wait at the border in lines, languish at the border, die at the border rather than resettle all the people. It's right to make refugees out of white people, but not Haitian people. <sighs> white is right. But not only that, straight is right. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, is still right. Two genders is right. Forcing a woman to have a child is right. We are tempted, tested to believe that we have the best insight as to what God wants for the world. And we are just, all of us, students on a journey. An ethical life, a moral life is learning how to see, learning how to give up indifference and to see that we are inextricably connected one to the other. And I only find out what's good for human by finding it out with you together, pilgriming together, journeying together through the wild, trusting that God speaks many languages and tests us in this way to ask ourselves always, what's love got to do with this? And what would love have me do? In this season of Lent, I want us to be inspired friends by Jesus, Yeshua ben Joseph, son of Mary, son of Joseph, son of David, of Noah, of Shem, of Adam, son of God. Son of God, like you and I are children of God. 
We will be tempted. We will be tested in so many ways. And I think those tests are put in our way to help us be human, to be better being human, better, kinder, more connected to the world around us, to each other, being advocates for a just society, being patient and kind, being our true, gentle, loving, God-like selves. So let's watch Jesus for a little while on these 40 days as we wander in the wilderness, as we wade in the wildness. Let's see what tools Let's see what tools we can glean together about what it means to be human on the planet in partnership with the divine. May it be so. I hope you all took some time when Natalie was speaking earlier to get yourself ready to commune with the Holy. I, I fell in love with God the first time I took communion, the very first time, sitting next to my mother who smelled like Winsong and Jurgen's Lotion on a pew at Seventh Presbyterian Church in Chicago. When the bread came by, my mother, my pastor mother, said, Jack, this bread means God will always love you. Let us feast on the always loving patience and kindness of God. Hmm. And in the same way, when the cups came by, mommy said, Jack, this cup means God will never leave you. Let us drink to the cup of blessing that reminds us of the permanence of our connection to God. One of the things I pray for us on this Lenten journey as we wade together in the wilderness is that every time you break bread, French toast, croissants, cookies, Danish, sourdough, a burger bun, every time you break bread, remember, God loves you. And every cup you drink, coffee, orange juice, mimosas, red wine, water. God will never leave you. That is God's promise. 
Amen. Hey, y'all. Darren Johnston here. I am honored to serve as your chair of our Middle Collegiate Church Consistory. I'm so glad to be a part of this community because these are some hot mess times, as our senior minister says. I mean, these are like on a Saturday, try to avoid the news, curl up on your couch, watch the West Wing for 10 hours with your dog hot mess times. And when we're in hot mess times like that, every time we're in hot mess times, Middle Collegiate Church is here for me, is here for all of us. From the music to the sermons like the sermon that we just heard, to our social justice ministries, to each and every one of you. When I am at middle, whether it's in a pew or on a Zoom, I am reminded that we are called to love God. I, I am called to love God. Love our neighbors. Love ourselves. Love, period. Middle reminds me of that. And middle empowers me and each of us to do just that with practical tools like our anti-racism labs, for instance. And Middle has given us a way to be in beloved community in times when it is both harder than ever because of COVID-19 and more important than ever. So I have two asks of you given all of that. If you have not joined Middle Collegiate Church yet, if you've not become a member, if you've been thinking about being a part of this movement but weren't sure about what it all entailed, I would ask you to go to middlechurch.org slash join and sign up and find out all of the ways that you can become involved here at Middle, all of the ways that you can become a member, all of the ways that you can help manifest God's call on our lives. My other ask of you is to go to middlechurch.org slash donate because everything you've seen today, our worship service, all of our social justice ministries, all of the work that Middle does in the world, it all costs a little bit of money. And we are 62% of the way through our fiscal year and we have reached 62% of our $1,050,000 offering goal in the middle of a pandemic, 62% of the way through the fiscal year, 62% of the way toward our goal. That's incredible. Thank you for doing everything that you've done so far to keep us on pace, but we have to keep a pace. So please go to middlechurch.org slash donate and donate today. And especially, I would encourage you to set up a recurring donation so you don't even have have to think about it. You set that thing up and every week, every month, whatever the amount that you set up, you will help fund this movement. Or right, right now, you can Venmo the QR code that you will be seeing on your screen right now and make a donation. Empower this work that you so believe in. Help fund this home that has been a safe place to land for me and for all of us. Thank you. around in the flesh and if that is true then I guess you must
must understand how it feels when your faith is wavering and you want to pray but can't find the words to say oh my god what a mess i've made of things and no reversing it that's how it seems a second chance from you is always guaranteed and i know they don't accrue but you said my child take as many as you need you're my joy you're my peace and all my cares i cast on thee took a little while to understand that you don't operate with the mind of man and I'm so glad you don't cause I surely would have lost your love God I thank you for never giving up on me you're my joy you're my peace and all my cares I will cast on me never take God, for these gifts and all the ways you continue to bless this community. We give you thanks. Amen.
Beautiful. Thank you so much, Pilar and Natalie. Thank you so much, beautiful choir. Thank you so much for this beautiful worship, everyone. Listen, it's Lent, and there's lots of conversations about what we're going to give up. Chocolate, wine, stuff, marshmallows. I don't know. What I want you to give up is any sense that you don't belong to God. I want you to give up any sense that you don't know whose you are and therefore who you are. I want us to give up thinking we have to be more than we are. We're talking to ourselves to be less than who we are. Be who you are, a human being in relationship with the holy. Call to know our lines, hit our mark, know our part in healing the world. God bless you on this Lenten journey. God bless you. Amen.